0: I'm Saraswati. Hi, I'm Varun. Hello, I'm Naveen.
1: Welcome to
0: Well1B. See, I figured out this time. Saraswati, <laughs> you <laughs> take, you need a few more takes. So, me and my wife were chatting the other day, and I just ended up reminding her how Naveen's uh, wedding ring slash wedding band has this saying: "This bond is greater than uh, each of us, or stronger than each of us." One of those uh, adjectives. So, and we were talking about how uh, the importance of relationship uh, uh, in uh, between two people, and like looking at relationship as an entity. So, Naveen, why did you choose to put that on your wedding band and what's the philosophy? Please enlighten us.
2: Thanks, Varun. Uh, one, I wanted something really cool on the, on the ring. Uh, he who writes on the ring, they, they said the agent, uh, that was one. The more important part was actually, um, this is something that I had learned over many years. Uh, and especially after you know, being, there were, actually, there were two relationships going on at the same time one was with you as a co-founder for the company and at the same time with my with my fiance and i was um, yeah i was trying to figure out you know both these relationships that are going on both are very intense relationships um, as all close good relationships are uh, and most of my life before that had been much more an individual individual journey that you know i would find out my own emotions i would manage and then most of the world was not very open or Helpful for my emotions, so going going through these two intense relationships, and and there's something that we will be discussing going ahead. I figured that okay, it's not just two people or two entities in relationship in a relationship. There are actually three entities. You know, it is me, the other person, and the relationship in itself. And it helps to almost have a tangible characterization of that, almost like a plant. Think of like a plant that's there and it has to be nurtured. Um, is it, is it doing well? Is the relationship going well? So for me, that was a, I mean, we all found the, we had the same epiphany after, you know, after going through some intense, uh, struggles on the relationship parts, but that's something that really struck as that. it's something that a lot of people would, it would help a lot of good people to actually see a relationship from that point of view. It is not just my needs or it's not just the other person's needs but together both of us um, are responsible for a relationship which is a third entity on its own, own and and it will be great to discuss that uh, as we go ahead but that's that was my that was my takeaway or my anchor point that i wanted for me and my wife's marriage that you know that in any time and we are really angry or we really pissed off at each other uh, we should be mindful that you know that there is this entity a relationship which both of us are responsible for and it's not just my own individual needs but But taking care of the relationship that it stays, grows, matures, all of that we are also responsible for and just to remind ourselves. So that was a bit of the backstory for the the statement on the ring. This bond is greater than either of us.
0: When I had this realization of uh, looking at relationship as a separate entity and externalizing it, that was pretty big for me because uh, the way at least I operate and I collaborate slash uh, I, um, the way I say is I like to have that safe space slash trust established and that gives me a lot of like room to express myself and like kind of um, touch upon ideas which are like uh, maybe say controversial uh And I think when you externalize the concept of relationship as a third party, third person, a plant or whatever, uh, and that you have ownership towards it and and you have responsibility towards it and it's uh, uh, to nurture it, then basically innovate helps to make yourself like more vulnerable, because then you can express your need while taking care of the need of the other person because you have the ownership. And because you are more vulnerable, the connect you can establish with the other person. So the the relationships, say quote unquote I had uh, before the startup, before I had this uh, um, you can say epiphany or uh, understanding uh, were still deep and meaningful, but I feel I've been able to get more vulnerable, express more and kind of explore my, like deeper desires, deeper drives, motivation, much better when I was able to um, kind of call out relationship as a third person, because then what will happen is when I'm talking with with my wife, I can literally like, it's like a, you can switch your shoes, right? Like you're, you're, you're talking for yourself and you're talking for the relationship. So it, it kind of, it really helps you to, when you're able to switch Across those two roles, your ability to express yourself and ability to uh, express the raw emotions becomes much better. And I think um, that that ability to articulate um, what kind of really helps create a deeper bond connection and help you grow as a person. So I definitely feel um, the relationships where I was more most vulnerable helped me improve much more and like become much better person because of like having better self-awareness um from a classic uh, reptilian uh, brain response of fight and flight i'm your classic fight person like if there's a conflict i'm ready to fight basically i am like for me like flight is like against my value system like fly like How can like flight is like you're leaving the person you care, like like you're, you're, you're dropping the commitment to solve the problem. So I'm your classic, always in fight mode guy. Basically, I'm your fight club guy. Basically, Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you are a fight person and uh, the people who are close to you are flight people, uh, which is true in my case, what ends up happening is that uh, your uh, fight and your, your uh, expression ends up breaking the safety of the space for the other person. And it becomes so difficult to hold that safety because you, you, your need, your emotional need is to hold that person in the conversation and they are just like moving away because you, your fight is breaking the safety. So what you can do or what I have developed the skill over time is like, I will switch between my fight as Varun, and then take on the hat of basically the relationship. And that say individual will try to hold the safety of keep rearticulating. This is why this is being discussed or this is what we're fighting for. What do you want? So in a way, like one person is like holding the safety for the other person. And that's a great, and when you express, so when you express that empathy and when you express that, I also have, I also have this ownership of your safety. I'm equally concerned about your safety. So while, while there is certain fight going on, but that, that's kind of rope you're offering to the other person that, Hey, here is a safety for you, right? And that like, when you, um, express that empathy, ex- offers that rope, helps uh, to build that connection and helps other person stay in the discussion with you, which you will be, so your, your core desire is to be able to engage and the other person is leaving. So by fighting more, you are pushing the person like further away from you. And that's that's not what you want, right? That's not will fulfill your emotional need. So uh, so while having the fight on your ability to hold the safety for the other person, you need this concept of externalizing the relationship and treating it as a third person.
2: Actually, I, I think I remember an example. I think it happened in coffee day in Hyderabad a long time back. Um, when we were discussing with respect to a client, and one of the clients was really pushing us on a lot of deliverables, and it was getting more and more unfair. And in my worldview, I mean for the initial set of customers, we wanted to do as much as possible to make the company progress. Whereas Varun was coming from, um, okay, this is just unfair there. And we were having a bit of you know chat and it was getting a bit heated. And I remember and me when I'm in my questioning mode or an in intellectual pushing mode, I was pushing, pushing it. And at, point, at one point, Varun just sat back and put his diary and pen on the table. I like, ho sakta hai. Ye ho sakta hai. So I remember the air stopping at that point of time. I'm like, okay, okay what, does, what does it mean? Okay, where do we go from here? Is he saying that, okay, this cannot happen, this is all bullshit, um, okay, I mean, this has gone too long. Um, I'm off the project, I'm off the company. Uh, I didn't have a, a metadata for that particular stand that, um, that Varun put out there. I mean, over time, we actually developed a tool toolkit which would help us that, okay, where Varun would say, okay, look, I am I'm intently disagreeing with this because of this part. I know where you're coming from, but let's figure out, you know, just to be able to have that, you know, that articulation which took us some time. And because at that point of time, it was just it, it just came across as a standoff. But once we realized that, you know, both of us are serving something, a relationship which is larger than or greater than either of us, we could take that stand also that, okay, uh, look, Naveen, I know you want to go from the customer point of view, but, in, 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 in the world mode and, and extreme, I mean, extreme disagreement with it, but given this relationship, this part is there it, okay. Now let, we can see what we can do going ahead. Just having that third space or, or, or taking on the hat of the third entity really helps to, uh, to navigate a lot of tough phases in extreme close relationships. And it will happen a lot in, uh, in, in, in either, you know, in either founder relationships, which is almost like a professional marriage or even in personal relationships uh, well, and all these are like contact sport, you know, especially startups are a close contact sport. Uh, so to be able to do that part is a, is a key part, is very key.
1: Yeah, startup is a high contact sport and marriage is also a very high contact sport. <laughs> so I uh, I think I learned about this idea of externalizing your two people's relationship to something like an entity, and with between you and Varun, you and I, we, you used to say call this as the unit. Like we are individuals as founders, and then the founder is also a unit, and the unit is is bigger than um, the two of us. And uh, and I took that con- concept and I copy pasted it in my marriage as well. It's like yes, this this is something that makes sense because then you can uh, externalize what what the two of you are feeling, and then. Uh, talk about it as as you both mentioned. I just want to share that this one um, something that happened recently is that my partner lost his mother and it was so we were also in the midst of pandemic already isolating and then now he's like lost his mother so as individuals we are now suddenly thrown into the deep end of um, emotions, family, juggling schedules and amidst All of that, having this articulation of us just helped us at some point come on the table and say, oh, you know, I think us is going on a low quality equilibrium and we need to pay attention to it. So it reduced the burden of me as an individual thinking that, oh, like, you know, he's just lost his parent. How can I expect him to give me more attention now? Or even him feeling that, oh, like I can't uh, focus on this right now because now I have to figure out like parents and my emotions and my uh, father who's still there so it just made it very easy for both of us to talk about it and say okay us needs more attention and this is it's going in a low quality equilibrium so let's do this small thing today um let's just make let's just have breakfast together today and 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 spend a little bit of quality time to bring it and also acknowledging that yeah it might be it might continue to be like this for some time um, till it again comes back to a full swing conversation. So that was for me a great um, application of this model of having calling it out as something as us and, and saying that yeah this is in low quality or or so, uh, the other application often happens that when we start getting into argument and sometimes I just go and if I shout and then for him it the so earlier the articulation was oh why are you shouting at me which again. um, personalizes the overall blame game. So you're like, you're individually, you're hurt of, oh, he's like retaliating or she's shouting at me. Whereas now the articulation became, oh, you know, when you shout it, it affects us. It affects our relationship as such because then I just feel don't safe anymore to come back and do a conversation. And then that just made it much easier for me because then I was not responding to him or it was not like any ego fight between the two of us as to who's shouting or why you're not listening. It was like, okay, shouting basically makes... Um, as an unsafe space, and therefore, I should not do it. And that just like helped me not do that as we go forward in the, uh, in the discussion with each other. So, I think that was uh, also a great application. And uh, sometimes we misuse it as well when we want more attention. <laughs> but, but overall, I think it's a useful tool to have in the kidneys.
0: Having seen the importance of externalizing uh, the relationship uh, and emotion, uh, the first step is to be able to uh, identify and be aware of what you're feeling. And I think that is so difficult because uh, especially from childhood, we are taught to like suppress our emotions and uh, uh, don't act out of emotions. And and, um, it's, it's seen as a little bit, in in negative light, if you are very expressive, and for me, I think the big journey was that emotions have their place and importance in life, and uh, being aware of itself solves ninety percent of the problem. Um, so aware like that that recognition was very very important. And funnily enough, the movie Inside Out. Uh, which basically uh, came sometime in early 2010s, uh, one of uh, my favorite movie uh, where they gave characters to each emotion inside a brain of what, a 12-13 year old uh, girl. And um, for me, in a way, again, right, like externalizing and giving an entity to emotions and basically showing that each emotions have a role, like how Anger is for fairness and um, joy is for connection and fear is for safety and um, and the couple of other, the sadness is for healing and disgust is for choice and judgment, right? Like, so, so knowing that, hey, each emotion plays a big role and like how in the whole movie, joy is trying to suppress sadness to like touch anything or like <laughs> don't do this. And when the bing bong, the, that, uh, that elephant dolphin mix character imaginary character basically cries and basically calms down and like how the sadness helps in healing right like i think that was pretty interesting for me um uh, not that i did not understand this concept but externalizing those things really really helped me to be aware of what i'm feeling when i'm feeling I and mean, in a way, what is the purpose of that feeling, right? Like, why, why am I feeling this in this moment, right? That really helped me uh, become far more aware of um, my emotions uh, 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 in any given moment.
2: I think very early on, I acquired this feeling of whenever I'm in a place, and I was, when I, mean, I was at the core, I was a shy, and introvert child, and very early on, I acquired this. This image of I'm um, wherever I am, who, with whoever I am, there's always a CCTV about me. So in my mind, they would be like, what is, what am I, what are my interactions with that person, as well as what is, what is that CCTV, CCTV telling me about that, what is going on in that room. So what, and because of you know what family and other issues where I was not uh, able to be very open. What ended up happening was, um, one, I was able to have a sense of you know the emotions that are going on. And Given my nature, I would only all, uh, reveal only a part of myself. You know, the part was enough to, to be in interaction with the other person, uh, enable the other person that will, uh, to get it going. I also remember, you know, just consuming a lot of just pop shit literature about you know, body language, emotions. I was a big into that. You know, those books uh, if a person is standing like this, then the, the emotion is revealing something. If a person has crossed his legs or his you know, hand is on his, uh, on his. Um, mouth. And how would it be? So I used to consume all those in a pop shit. Then I realized later on that there's just too many false positives and false negatives there. So you cannot, you cannot take that as a, as a, as a reliable thumb rule through life. So one that happened was I was aware of my interactions with the other person that were there and, and often didn't get the space to completely reveal myself in all my idiosyncrasies and eccentricities There I didn't get that, that space there. So in many ways I was managing my own emotions. Uh, when I was with, other, with another person and giving, a, I always had a sense of the room that was going on, number one. So that was the individual part and I remember being quite comfortable with that and being able to have, the, I remember in college, like I was a person who, who used to be friends with the with the first rankers as well as the last benchers as well as all those you who know, would be just, you know, smoking up outside school. I was able to connect with all of them. And this is something that I had that, I was able to connect with a lot of folks across a wide variety of uh, spectrum there. So much so that I had to switch it off after some point of time because it was just not serving uh, its purpose. Number one. Number two, what happened was when the team part started and and with Varun and with my wife, I I would be the usual part, you know, look, um, I would reveal a part of myself and then those interactions would happen and there would be the sense of a CCTV going on, on with me, like especially with Varun I would have and to varun it would come across okay this guy is not being fully transparent and in terms of what is going on in his head his emotions and i would be like uh, but i'm managing my emotions you know i mean who would want a raw navin I mean, what's the point of a of a of an emotionally naked Naveen? what's the point of that what's the point of anyone who is emotionally naked there okay. so for me it's like yeah i'm doing a good job of managing myself i'm feeling the emotions but i'm filtering them and then giving them in a processed format to varun but Barun, like, what is this process shit and all? I mean, give me the real deal. He'll show me the real Naveen. I was like, okay, how do I do the real Naveen? So that part led to a lot of tension at the team level. Okay, am I manage myself? Should I manage myself or not? What is the raw thing should I give? If I give the raw thing, would he reject it? Would it be a bigger problem or would he appreciate it? And it, then it got to a level of tuning that we had to get. Okay, that no, you can be authentic and you can put it out there um and then that actually helps build a much more deeper relationship uh, going ahead there obviously i still do a little bit of choosing in, okay is the space safe enough uh, for me to put myself out there but i have become aware that it's my responsibility to put myself out there otherwise and it's not a, it's not a completely transparent relationship in, in that sense There. Okay. so this is one of my my lessons that i had uh, moving from an individual awareness to being awareness at a team level at a deeper level how do you really make it uh, make things Um, happen at a deep level, especially getting the awareness part going. So These are some issues that I had faced, I remember, early on. Yeah.
1: So, with women, the popular stereotype is that they are emotional. And then when you are a child and you are trying to grow up, you want to become like one of these successful women. The stereotype is fed so much that it's almost like in your mind it's a crime to be emotional at any point of time in your life and you're like okay how can you feel your emotions and how can you share your emotions you just have to be absolutely calm and steady and stone-faced in any conversation and uh, and of course navin then then i also met varun and then there was a whole thing of how can you not share your emotions that's like your number one dharma if two people are collaborating if you conceal emotion it's as good as manipulating i was like okay this is this is this is like yeah that was a very
2: different interpretation that was a
1: very different interpretation um, but it was good i think then i, I think that was a start of trying to acknowledge and articulate emotions um, as we go forward in the conversations and it really helped in creating better solutions and better product one uh, incident that I really remember and without getting into the absolute details of it is this one school and we worked with schools and there was this one school which was absolutely in ca- chaos mode and the service representative of the school was in absolute chaos the product head was in absolute chaos and uh, Varun was there and I was there and then we're like, okay, now we have to like salvage this one school. Like, let's just like, let's every, let everybody get in one room and then figure out everything that needs to be done. And, uh, and, and the thing that we did or actually were uh, essentially got everybody to do was to, okay, let's like, before we get into the solution, can everybody share what is going on emotionally with everyone? And everyone then started like talking about, you know, the school has been calling like since morning, evening, whatever so the customer rep shared about like just the chaos of dealing with the school and the emotional bandwidth that it took to share with it. Um, the product person shared that things that have been breaking. Um, the business person shared the things that have been breaking. And then I think by, and then he said, okay, so, okay. So now that we, we all know this is where we are coming from, let's understand what's the problem that needs to be solved. And the solution ended up becoming a really, really small action item of just adding a resource to get something done. And everybody was like, yeah, we think that this will solve this problem. And the meeting was done. So we literally spent like 20 minutes just talking about what we were feeling and like five minutes in solutioning. And then, then five minutes, everybody was aligned and, and they were happy and they went back out of the meeting. Um, and that, that has really stayed with me because if we did not do that exercise of acknowledging the emotion that every person came with in that room, that meeting would, for sure, would have gone for another like one hour, two hours, with probably not a very useful outcome, and people feeling even more uh, animatic towards the other person that this person is not listening to me and this person is like not understanding where I'm coming from. So, so I think that was like one great uh, application of acknowledging emotion, and I think. I don't know if that was the start of it, but I know that in the last few years, whenever we all get into a room, we've sort of made it a practice to just start the session with the chai, especially if it's a big interfunctional meeting. We don't get into the agenda immediately. We usually start with okay, so what's going on? How is life, or how is work, or what your kids are doing? Um, or just like having ordering the chai right at the time so that just with the bahana of having chai everybody just like takes a little bit of sip and talks to each other and then sort of the meeting kickstarts it does delay the meeting by 15 20 minutes but i think it just makes it efficient by almost 2x 3x uh at times so i think that's been yeah
0: so yeah so as i think i think naveen also pointed out that um As we grow, there is a certain level of awareness which we all have, right? Like, but when we externalize it and we try to make sense of it is when basically we are quote-unquote calm about it. So the biggest, biggest step is probably not awareness, but kind of making sense of why am I feeling this way or what is contributing towards it. And often it is basically depending on some of our value system or morals or judgments which we have or even the conditioning uh, the way we have grown up right like so even something as simple as me kind of calling out like hey if you guys are not sharing you're not being like honest or you're being manipulative or uh, and and similarly like me making you folks feel that oh like why is he like shouting and like like is it like breaking the is it going to continue or not? Or like it, the, my safety is being broken. And all of those things come from our, the way we grow up. Uh, it's, it's a function of family and the immediate social circle we have when we grow up and we pick up those behaviors. And like for me, right? Like when I went to, uh, so for me, the interesting thing was I grew up in UP and I studied in Bengal and my first job was in Andhra. And like, in like a small town called Rajmundry, where basically again like people didn't speak Hindi at all, right? Like now, so basically I was switching languages to language, and then my wife, like mother tongue is English, she also doesn't speak uh, Hindi. So now basically like when I would switch, and then like the mental models will be so different um, uh, that you would realize that the like there is no other way the person will like kind of press your triggers like it it's gonna happen so um so so you you first you'll be of course be aware aware sorry uh so you will be aware of your emotions but unless you figure out wh- what are your triggers and where are they coming from you will feel lost right and there were there were days and and uh weeks and months where I would like feel really lost like he I like I just said something so simple but like it was taken like so out of context you will feel misunderstood you will feel lonely and and that journey is so tough so uh, and and yeah I think and and if you look at right most of the the mental health thing we have gone through we the coaching we have taken like 90 percent of it is when we go we talk to them uh, to mental health coaches they help us, like, kind of break it down and see, okay, why are you feeling this way? And and most of the time, they don't have a solution, right? Like that, like, oh, you go do something about it. Most of the time, it like the resolution is in understanding what is uh, triggering uh, me. And and I think uh, those like uh, uh, thing are very important uh, for me. And and and. Uh, and that keeps happening. Sometime you are like discussing something and suddenly something will reveal and be like, oh my God, like I didn't even realize basically that this was happening to us. Uh, of course, the big ones were the breaking the safety for the other person uh, are the big uh, ticket items. But yeah, that, that journey keeps happening.
2: So in just in terms of making sense of emotions and especially in a room, I think one of the first... Um interesting experiences that happened was uh, when I was like a uh, research project manager for a bunch of, you know, right, uh, Delhi University interns who were there. And I remember this girl actually really working hard at in the research paper uh, for quite a few days. Uh, and this is like, you know, in the early 2000s and So suddenly some power cut happened and you know how Microsoft Word is, none of it got saved. So we were trying to revive it for quite some time and uh, we were just not able to do. And she went and she was, she sat uh, outside and she she was a bit crying of frustrated. And I was like, I just went beside and sat her and just patted her and told her uh, something like, you know, it's okay, we'll have to do it all over again. Uh, Don't worry, something like that. And I remember her actually bursting out uh, crying and then just leaving out of office on that day and going back, complaining uh, to her parents, okay, this guy was very rude and unhelpful there. And I couldn't, my the hell, get out of it, get out, get it out of my mind. Why did that happen? What happened? In my mind, I was trying to be a matter of fact. Okay, shit has happened. Um, uh, I mean, it is irretrievable. Now we just need to figure out and move on. On, and in, I was trying to be in a matter of fact, pragmatic way. But probably I didn't address the, the core emotion of that person you know, that day. That a person had put in so much work, and, and it just all went to zero. Oh, that didn't happen. Um, I think I also, I think just in terms of, um, uh, perspective, I realized that I always have a, even with my, with my wife and some of the arguments that she keeps having, or some, some things keep troubling her, always, I, I make a human action of a, of a large rectangle, I just use my, and, and it has become like a rule. Okay. This is a large picture in this large in this big picture, where does this trouble lie, like my wife, she has. The way people have inbox zero for emails, she has you know. Bin should be you know, the um, the washing basin should be zero, oh, there. So then, for me, in the scheme of things, as long as it goes where regular, it is fine uh, there. But especially in the lockdown, when the washing basin you know gets you know piled up there, I can sense her her general life discontent you know uh, going up. Then I realize okay, that that's a big trigger for her. So then I just you know, go and clean up uh, the basin. But just knowing that, I think a couple of things. One. Uh, just because you know, I may feel that I would like to measure an event seriousness based on how bad it is in the larger scheme of things. Not everyone thinks like that. And there, people are often looking at you know at this point of time how it really makes me feel. That is very important. Number one. Hmm. Number two, I think going back to the room part, uh, one and there are two issues that were there. You know, one part I've been able to understand. Second part, I still am struggling a bit. You know, the first part is when there are individuals in a room to be able to get a good handle of okay where that person is coming from and what what gives a person energy or what depletes the person energy it's often it takes some time to get to that but it's often good to know that beforehand and a useful emotional thumb rule is just to know okay, what what makes a person sad mad glad or scared you know uh, so by that you know okay, what would the person avoid going ahead if something makes him mad or scared the person would would avoid you know, like for example some of the financial legal issues Financial and legal issues. I find myself, you know, avoiding a bit. I would, I tell Varun, okay, can you, these are issues? Can you take on on there? And especially if there are areas of uncertainty, a lot of my emotion, um, I'm able to handle them. So I, I, take that on more. There's some wavelength between me and Varun and other uh, team members there. So one is knowing who the team mem- team members in the room. What are their triggers? Uh, number. Uh, that's one key part. The the challenge that comes down in a room and especially in a startup where in you know there, there has to be on any given day, there has progress to be made at the same time, there has to be emotional alignment between the two people. So the key challenge for me, as you know, you have to have emotional alignment at the same time, progress has to be made and I have struggled that when it comes to emotional alignment, I can be really be empathetic, um, but empathy is like I'm taking in a lot of things, but how do you channelize that? And, and almost convert that into a into a progress based roadmap going ahead, which just doesn't leave the people. ha, ha he came, he heard and all nice, nice, suna hai. and then he just doesn't stop there. You know, it has to go, it has to contribute to some forward roadmap or, or plan ahead. So the times I've been able to do that, we're able to focus on the core problem, address the emotions and do it on But those are things that are, and especially the, the larger the room is, and we have had times where, you know, where rooms were in a 200 300 from 400 people how do you take the combined energy of the people address the emotions that are there at the same time not just so it's not empathy for empathy's sake you're able to take a very proactive agency form of empathy we're able to take all that energy that's there on the empathy that's there and able to put forward something uh, uh something which, which denotes progress yes so we didn't just come and share we shared and we are also moving on so that's something that i had in terms of how do we how do we you know address the elephant in the room not just the emotions part but also the progress part you are always taught this oh you have to be if you
1: are angry you have to feel very you have to behave very calmly if you are feeling aggressive you have to be nice but that's not how how emotions work like when it comes you have to like go ahead and express it so so yeah if you are if If you are good at expressing it, you do it, and if you're not good at expressing it, you just sort of suppress it and um, and find it difficult to express it further. So, something that the mental health coach taught was just to write down, "I'm feeling this because of this," like just feeling X because of Y. Even if if I'm in the meeting room or if I'm talking, I think this was something that that helped at some point that I started taking diary or I started making mental notes of okay this is being said and this makes me angry because I I don't think this is how children learn or I don't think this is how product should be made because I think this will affect the number of hours being spent by teacher on the app just like adding a lot of putting the emotion and the reason and then the moment I would articulate that I would I was able to park the emotion much better because then for me I had addressed the emotion that I was feeling and and on the other hand I was able to talk about the point that I had to convey. I mean, this happened much later in my career, but I think over the last like couple of years, it's been like much better just in terms of expressing it because I'm also acknowledging my own emotion in the room. And that just helped me collaborate better and, and possibly help others to collaborate with me better because clearly not speaking at all in the meeting room and then going in my own shell, uh, when I was feeling uh, when I was feeling that I was being attacked or I was feeling that oh I have to be defensive was definitely not useful for collaborating or for the problem statement
0: because expressing emotion does make you feel vulnerable it is like something which is hard and and when I dug deeper and of course Naveen helped in articulating it that If you truly value someone, right, like, and and if you value that collaboration of two people will bring out something new and interesting is when you will be truly ready to be vulnerable, right? And I'm not, I'm not trying to justify anger. I'm not trying to say this is how everybody should be. But the first or the biggest learning was that belief that collaboration of two different people. And if they are different, then it it will cause some friction, right? Like as, like as simple as, for example, my wife, right? Like given um, she grew up uh, in a different country and like the, the the way she speaks English is very different uh, from the way I speak. And for me, like, uh, how is this? It's okay. It's okay means it's, okay. it's, it's good. Like it's fine. It's just, for her, like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just not that. It's just... It's not really good, but like it'll pass, right? Like, so, 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 but those like differences also lend themselves beautifully to creating new things and having new experiences, which are beautiful uh, because if two people exactly think in the same way and have same experiences, there's not much interesting, which will go on. So, uh, having uh, knowledge of what you really value. And what helps you, what you really value is that you are ready to be vulnerable. If you have that articulation, there is a lot of like, like the, the, it anchors your ability to express the emotion. That's one. And the opposite situation of that is the whole halt framework. You're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, basically. So uh, typically, like, so the, you have to come up with these thumb rules, right? Time before lunch. Typical time, like <laughs> when I open a box, you'll end up in a fight because you're hungry and then you'll basically end up fighting. Or like if you're tired, you didn't have good sleep or like if you, if you um, are lonely, um, just overwhelmed with what's going on um, or you're basically angry about something. Typically, these are... So I have to develop... I had to develop thumb rules of basically you should not take important decisions when you are in that halt phase. Um um you should like just try to pause like for me, like for a fight person, it was very difficult to stop, but recognizing you are in that mode and like it's for your own good and and if you quote unquote again value that uh person in relation, it's important to stop, take a pause, take a step back, get out of that halt and then basically reconnect
2: I think like like it was in the uh the day, whole room in the coffee day. Where I think an early stage customer was really pushing us um, in the sense of taking more advantage. And in my, in my mind, I was, I was like, okay, it's just a problem at this stage. Let's give the customer his due and let's move on. On We don't have to work with the customer probably ever again. And, uh, and I saw it more as a resource allocation, as an intellectual problem solving thing. For Varun, it almost became an emotional thing that this is being unfair. Dude, why are you not seeing this is being unfair? You're being taken advantage of. Uh, this is, uh, and for him, it was an emotional thing that, you know, this, this, this is, there's so much unfairness here that I cannot work with this kind of unfairness there. And it took me to some time to, to adjust. Okay. What for me, what was an intellectual issue was an emotional issue for him. And later on in another discussion, I think some discussion that we were having with, um, UI design or app design and some issue that we had with Varun and me, we were there was a heated argument that was going on, which is, which seemed like, you know, regular intense argument that goes on at one point I think Goran just you know put the pen on the table and he just held back and looked at, I don't uh, and he's made some argument I don't even remember what the argument was all I remember is that you know, he just threw the pen on the table and for me the throwing on the pen on the table just completely triggered my emotions I was like you know I don't care who or what says you know whatever authority I'm going to protest I'm going to rebel and I was like you know why did this pen throwing really trigger me so much I was like you know why I, huh, to me, it became almost, it was almost like someone who, huh, almost like a relationship of, I don't know, like Malik employee or, or something, who can have extreme power to throw a pen on the table. And to him, Barun was a regular, okay, it's less and okay, I'm done, regular act. But for me, it became, it, it, I interpreted a lot more than he actually had. And that triggered the emotional part for me. So coming back, I think this concept of intellectual and emotional weather was key. When Naveen is doing an emotional thing, when Naveen is doing an intellectual thing, he will have his arguments, all of it there. Good to be aware of it may actually trigger something emotional uh, for Varun from there. And when Varun is in the emotional state, Naveen will just retract back. Okay, okay, now this has got emotional. Now, when a, when a space has got emotional, then me as Naveen, I don't, I don't make any arguments, then I just retract back. Because in my mind, I have the mental model. If a space has got emotional, then you have to be calm, all of that childhood. With, um, patterning uh, that happened uh, whereas for all the more okay, now this has got emotional now you have to um, put your emotions let's actually flesh out the emotional part even before we can get to the intellectual part okay so for me i we going to figure out a way to do it and there that you need to go through that emotional part without withdrawing and it may take you know taking some time off taking the space uh, and again parking it together as a team not parking in a, it's not like one person parks, the other person doesn't even state that is being parked, you know. So we had to figure out, okay, this is a space where the intellectual weather and the emotional weather are fine for us to do a full-on confrontation. If one of us is not emotionally comfortable or is not intellectually comfortable, then we are flagging it. There. And that became a useful framework for us to know, okay, this is as close contact you know, sport there. If the intellectual emotional weather are called out and we are fine with it, then actually a lot of amazing collaboration can happen. If not, then we are not giving our A-game on that day. It's best to address it, uh, the root part, and then come back and give our A-game for for our discussion. I think what was important to understand is that all of us are caught up in our own emotional grid blocks are there and it takes... Uh, another person to be able to unlock that, and there's the help of a team. That you know, that you know, if one person is has gone back to a customer problem and has done four times, five times, six times, the person has already has a lot of rancor building up, and the person feels resentment and, and getting that resentment out, addressing that, and then giving a the solution. And often the solution comes from the same person because he or she is closer to the solution on there. But unlocking that resentment, that say some ill will is there, getting that out, addressing. And from the, from the team itself, forging a solution is a critical part of, you know, that has been my learning curve and, and I'm still looking to get better at it.
0: Is something that is going on internal affects the external communication and interaction and collaboration? Similarly, external things affect what is going on internally, right? Like, so uh, the body language of the other person, um, what they are going through. Uh, and you can also trick yourself to basically um, uh, change the emo weather. Uh, which um, I'm sure Naveen will talk about where basically what you can do is if if you had a fight and say or a very intense discussion, you can really switch the room or you can go to a cafe or if you are like, if if quote unquote the safety of that room is broken, think of it as like this room is like now bad and like just change the room. So like by changing physical thing, bring coffee, step out for coffee. Um, so you can make change in your environment, reset the emotion. You can go on a walk. Um, um, uh, a lot of time, basically, those like instantly calms you down because the external factor is communicating safety to you. Yeah, so creating spaces to manage emotion is something which basically to be very aware of and uh, I have used it a lot and it has uh, really worked for me.
1: So, uh, what I love is how, in general, in Indian context, we have all these tools to externalize emotions already. So, I know school kids often do this. Whenever the teacher shouts they're immediately like, teacher, I'm not to Teacher I'm going to And so, the kids have this, like, immediate way of, they don't think that, the, that they are being attacked upon, but they immediately, like, associate this with something that, as principal and teacher, ko data liye teacher class, mein data rahi thi. So, you know, they have this way of, like, just, pointing out to uh, the intention behind the emotion to something else and that just makes it uh, the space between the two people it keeps it very safe and it keeps it uh, less loaded than in general so i think that's been my um, journey with emotion in general so I, and i think that has also helped me in in, in the um, in, in the us part like right now in the in when me and my partner were there and this whole COVID thing happened and the lockdown happened. I think in the beginning, I was really um, scared. And and with that, like even if he would be late for dinner for five minutes, we decided to have dinner at 8.30. But he would show up at 8.35. He would just see the wrath of like, how can you come late? Like this is not... And I could totally see that this would just have become one of those WhatsApp joke while a husband-wife uh, fights where you're like, even if I come five minutes late, my wife is, is on a pressure cooker or something like that, you know, the jokes that often become part of it. And I'm like, oh my God, like so I'm becoming one of those WhatsApp jokes. I'm shouting at him for coming five minutes late to dinner. Uh, and, and that was creating another crisis uh, for me. But yeah, thankfully we were able to sit down and address that the five minute late is not the problem. But because like this whole COVID and lockdown and being alone has been really tough on me personally. And I really, can use some more attention than usual in this particular time. And eventually, as I get better, um, we can again figure out a different modus operandi. And uh, and just having that articulation and externalizing the fight that we were having was, was quite useful. And uh, the articulation again was that, okay, us is getting affected with this whole thing. Let's figure out what do we need to do to make it better. And okay, what do we need as individuals? As individuals, also you need to be... Um, fulfilled to be able to contribute to us or to be able to contribute to a team together. So at the end of the day, uh, the emotions are to be addressed to individuals so that all of you can function together better and efficiently as a team.
0: This this reminds me of that small cartoon where like uh, one character asks, what's more important uh, journey or the uh, destination? And the other person says, no, it's the." It's the person you are traveling with. It's the team. So as I think humans um, establishing those connections is I think one of our fundamental needs and we often neglect it. Uh, have the chai together and like create those spaces where you can truly be vulnerable and share. and like.
2: Actually, yeah, one thing that people can take away from this is that to see their relationship with their partner or any close, you know, uh, friend, almost as a plant, as the indoor plant that is growing, and you need to give it water, sunlight, you know, nutrition, all of it, them at the right time. And both of the folks are responsible for the growth of the plant. If they're able to take that itself, that's a huge, and, and able to keep that image uh, while they're navigating through life, then that's a huge um, service to them.
1: Embracing the elephant in the room, embracing the elephant in the room, our emotions. That was all on that, Jigalbandi. See you in the next episode. Stay tuned.